Hello, Guardians. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deergan. Alongside me, as always, is my great circle, Josh Finney. Great circle. What an Indiana Jones-ass name. I know. I was, I was like, so happy when I saw that. Like, it, it, The trademark kind of leaked a few days ago. Yeah. Um, but, man, oh, my neighbors are arguing very loudly outside. Um, I, I got a kick out of that when I saw it. I was like... Uh, I was watching it with our friend Ray, and we were both just cackling at it. We're like, this is just so perfectly cheesy for a franchise that already named a movie The Dial of Destiny. I know. I mean, how I'm, I'm like, when I, so I liked The Dial of Destiny. I know a lot of people didn't really care for it. I loved it. I, was like, I loved it. I like mediocre at best. I'm like, dude, this is fucking awesome. The first 20 minutes of that movie is an incredible Indiana Jones. I mean, the rest of it's great too, but yeah. that first 20 minutes is awesome. Uh, and like when this came, when they said uh, the great circle, I'm like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Checks uh, out. This, this like, is a very movie series that has the dial of destiny, the temple of doom. Yeah. The kingdom of the crystal skull. Uh, what was that? Uh, what was that movie? Something, something Atlantis. Oh, the, the the game, the the fate yeah. of Atlantis, the fate of Atlantis, uh, um, the Emperor's tomb. Yeah, the um, the staff of kings. Yeah, very uh, very Indiana Jones name. Yeah, very, yeah, very, very Indiana Jones. Man, just what what a fucking great direct. Xbox really needed something. I know this is the Destiny show. We're we're gonna talk a little bit about the Xbox direct though because it was so fucking good. And we'll do a full breakdown on Monday's Xbox Casuals. But man. Indiana Jones absolutely stole the show. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Man. It looks so good. It's being made with id tech. I know. It's it, first it, it's first person. It looks great. Like I like that it still pops out for some third person sequences. You know what it looks like like the art style like it it it's going for like this slightly not realistic look. Like it looks yeah. like the Wolfenstein art that they put out. Yeah. A little bit, right? Like it looks it looks really good, and I like the uh, the indie character model is incredible. Yeah, it looks great. It I looks mean, exactly like Harrison Ford. I dude, I wonder if that was part of Harrison Ford's contract when he signed up to do Dial of Destiny. He's like, "Hey, we're making a video game. We need your likeness because everybody's gonna freak the fuck out if we don't use your likeness." Yeah, I, I wonder if that was probably part of it. Also, uh, Troy Baker is voicing Indiana Jones and sounds exactly like Harrison Ford. Yeah, like the I, whole internet for like a half an hour afterwards, just trying to figure out if that's actually Harrison Ford or not. Yeah, and uh, then Entertainment Weekly had the story that it was Troy Baker. Just bizarre. Yeah. they had the story. Well, I thought it. I thought it was. I knew it wasn't Harrison Ford, but I thought there was. There's like this actor that they use when they need um, Harrison Ford soundalikes, and he was in um this this. Uh, I forget what the movie was called, but Blake Lively was in it, and he played the young Harrison oh, Ford yeah. in that movie. Uh, he's fine for, like, the likeness, but I would never want him to, like, voice a Harrison Ford character. No. I, I know who you're talking about, because they're like, well, why Why isn't he, uh, why isn't he, you know, young Han Solo? Uh, because he can't act for shit, first yeah. off. Yeah, he's a terrible actor. He's a he's good a terrible actor. He's a terrible actor. Um, I saw somebody complaining. They're like, oh, wow, Troy Baker. It's like one of the only three voice actors on the planet. And I'm like, dude, he sounds fucking amazing. Like, I, normally I'm the first one to make fun of Troy Baker and Nolan North getting all the roles. But he sounds like Harrison Ford. How can you be upset yeah. about that? You ha you. This is like the one very specific case, like 
unless you're going to do something like with Star Wars or something also like yeah, Indiana Jones is such a character that revolves around Harrison Ford at this point, right? Like that if you don't get the likeness or anybody that sounds remotely like him, people are going to tear you apart. Well, and the other thing I like about this, they were clarifying where it takes place at in the timeline and that it's like canonical to the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it takes place we- a year after Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And I thought that was awesome for them to clarify. Yeah, uh, but awesome. you're going to go to like the Pyramids of Giza. You're going to go to the Himalayas, you know, South yeah. America. Like this game looks, oh, you're the Vatican. That's like the yeah. first big set piece is in the Vat- is in Vatican City. What a, what a way to start your Indiana Jones game. I know. Dude, this we're, is we're starting it off at Marshall College and then we're going straight to the Vatican. This instantly made me want to like replay the Wolfenstein games. Tony like, Todd is voicing one of the main villains. Oh, I know. The, this game this game just looks awesome, but that was like mm-hmm. that was Tony Todd's we got the like big dude that steals the relic right at the beginning. Yes, that's that's yeah. Tony Todd. Yeah. We got 10 great minutes of this and then but it was like everything that came before that was just as good. Mm-hmm. Avowed looks legit. I can't yeah, wait to dual wield wands. This was the first time I think I was excited for Avowed because I mean you know how I feel about Elder Scrolls and Fallout and Starfield like games like that like they're hit or miss for me. I don't I don't really get excited for them. Like I'll play them when they come out, but whatever. This is the first time I think I've actually been pretty excited and like the fact that it's so colorful and there's yeah. so many different ways to utilize combat. It's man. I've been looking good. forward to this for a long time for for yeah. 3 years since they first announced 3 and a half years since they first announced this game. Um yeah. I've been really looking forward to it. Obsidian has never made a bad game. Um they made one of the best games of 2022 a couple years ago. Um the Pillars of Eternity games are absolute classics uh up until Baldur's Gate 3, they were probably two of the best, maybe three or four CRPGs on the market. Um, so really, and this is, of course, the same world of Pillars of Eternity, Aora. Uh, really, really looking forward to seeing what connection to the games there are, if any of the NPCs from those two carry over. Um, there, there's still a little bit more I want to see, but it, it's clear this is going to be one of their big fall games. This and Indie are being set up to be probably like August and September releases right now. Yeah. Um, because you gotta th- you gotta think Forza Horizon Six is coming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we already and obviously they're putting out Call of Duty. They've got a Diablo Four expansion coming. So yeah, that's, and apparently like, I was the fall. I was looking on some coalition forums or whatever because they still have those apparently mm-hmm. instead of just Reddit. Uh, apparently, a Gears collection, and I know nobody cares about Gears except for me, but apparently a Gears collection is being tested internally right now. I heard th- I heard that too, but I've also like the same people who keep bringing this up and keep finding it on forums or on Reddit or YouTube or whatever when they because we get this report like every couple months like clockwork, right? It's always the same people who discover it, quote unquote. And I'm just like, okay, this feels like planted at this point. Like I just if I have to if if Xbox Era reports on this one more time, I'm gonna actually scream. Because they've been you swearing for like four years that this is a thing. <laughs> I think going all the way back to Gears 1 Remaster, they've been talking about this. So I, I'm over it. As, as far as I'm concerned, it's not happening. Until it's physically on my Xbox, I'm not, it's not happening. It's fine. You can, that would you be can... cool to put out. I just, it would be my same stance that I have about remakes and remasters right now. Like, 
I don't think we need it because you already have the up res. You have the upscaling specifically for first party games. Yeah, but Josh, on Series X, and I just this is to me this would be this would be a way to get those games on PC. In my I understand, opinion. and I I know that that's like the whole point, but I whatever. Why you got to rain on my parade, Josh? I'm raining on everybody's parades today, Corey. I'm gonna Stop. keep raining on parades. Stop. I need this. Okay, that, that's it. that's fair. I mean, I I need an Elder Scrolls Oblivion remake, so which is happening. We actually yeah. have evidence of that one. Yeah. So because people broke NDAs to talk about it. Good. And then them. Microsoft accidentally leaked the document confirming it. Yeah. So you know. Uh, what else? What else? Was he? Hell, Hellblade Two looks incredible. Oh, dude! Hellblade May twenty first. Hellblade uh, Two is like I'll be. F- Luckily, it's not a long game. They're saying it's uh, it's roughly an eight hour game. Mm-hmm. Great, perfect. Uh, yeah, fant- fantastic. A fifty fifty dollar eight hour game. I'm here for it. Yeah, um, great. Thank you. Also it, it on continues, Game <laughs> Yeah, continues to look phenomenal. Can't wait. It's it's going to be like they're one of their big single player tent poles. Oh, um, this I is the game that. that you know they've been hyping up since the console got revealed. So I'm I'm more than ready for it. Yeah. Um, the production timeline actually. It's the fact that they announced it so early, but they didn't even get into production on this game until like late 2020, early 2021. It's actually not that bad of a timeline for an eight hour game. Mm-hmm. Personal. So to me personally, like this game clearly would have been out probably like early last year if COVID hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. Um, because they've they've talked at length about it in interviews and uh, Vidocs about how like that really like derailed the pre-production and if you watch the the footage they showed today, it showed like they built all the costumes and they were like them and machine games both were like scanning them into the games. Yeah, which was I, awesome. I think that was really cool. Some of the uh, some of the mocap we saw for both of these just was incredible. Dude, Hellblade looks <clears throat> like it's on a different console than everything else. Like that, it, it looks that it's like yeah, it's, I think it's originally... the best looking game I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Unreal Five, baby. This is this is like the f- true like first real game that's coming out with Unreal Five. Like we've seen other games with it, but like nothing that's a technical feat like this. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And they, they have said like that was part of it too. Was they had to learn Unreal Five. Um, I'm really excited for that though. Uh, May 21st, it's already being promoted on the dashboard, which I think is really cool. I know it's already available for uh, pre well notification for preload i guess yeah you can you can download the placeholder is what you can do it's like a 300 megabyte placeholder um they they usually let you do that after summer showcase because um i've had persona 3 reload sitting on my and avowed sitting on my console for a year yeah um and clockwork revolution yeah it's out the midnight those are actually all on there you can just search on the xbox app and they'll come up Mm -hmm. you can uh, pre-install them yeah also um not that I'm like a huge uh, strategy person, but Aura looks really cool. Really cool too. Our friend Ray is a really big Civilization fan, and yeah. he was like, "This this looks like the first game in like years that is going to get the attention of like Civ and Age of Empires, Crusader Kings fans. Like, really, Crusader Kings three and Age of Empires four were probably the last two in like that genre of game mm-hmm. to come out that do something like this." Yeah. Um, Oxide is a great studio. Um, I, I did like the joke when they were talking about their game. Like, 
yeah, um, I don't remember if it was them or if it was Machine Games, but it was one of the two. They were like, yeah, back when we started the studio, we started it in this guy's basement, and we'd all pile into the minivan to go get pizza for lunch. Yeah, it was that scene where, like, he walked in while he was talking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty funny, but, uh, yeah, Oxide is uh, Oxide's a, a studio, man. Um, they made uh, Ashes of the Singularity uh, eight years ago. Um, God, eight years ago. And uh, it got... Uh, it got all right reviews um but uh when they did a complete edition it got really really good ones um it's cool it's a four it's a 4x game obviously um but it made sense like looking at where some of the like leads on this game came from um all almost all of them have worked on civilization command and conquer and uh galactic civilizations Mm -hmm. so it made a lot of sense um I'm I'm really really curious to see how this turns out. Um, this was, of course, part of the infamous leak a couple of years ago, the infamous Steam leak. Yeah, uh, the Steam database leak that uh, continues to be getting proven correct. Um, yeah. I mean, they they said didn't know what the four. Now you know everything is real. <laughs> I just found it so funny. There were so many code names for Xbox stuff, and poor Jez Corden spent like the next nine months trying to figure out if any of them were real. Yeah, and was just like, oh yeah. By the way, they're making a game with the Wu Tang Clan, (laughs) which is still happening. By the way, Brass Lion Man, Um, and then uh, last but not least, Square Enix showed up in a deviation from uh, the show last year and up to that point this year of it just being first party stuff. Yeah, to promote uh, Visions of Mana, the first in the Mana series to ever come to Xbox. Yeah, it looks cool. The the game looks really cool. Yeah. I, played, I like it. It's br- I like how colorful it is. Like you, you like that about Avowed. I like it about this game. Yeah, I so I played the the Switch, whatever the one was on Switch, Trials of Vanna, I guess it was, mm-hmm. and I like what I played, and it looks very similar. So the way I had it described to me is this is a more fun Dragon Quest. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. So. I'm uh, I'm pretty stoked to play this. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I probably won't play too much of it, though, because um, th- this is a game that I think is going to be really hard to bring to console just yeah. by looking at the interface that it has. 4X games are hard to bring to console already. Yeah. Um, but uh, this will be cool for PC gamers. It's definitely going to find an audience there. Like I said, like the, the Civ community is going to go crazy for this. Yeah. So. Uh, excited to hear uh, my friends who are much smarter than me uh, and much more interested in these games than me tell me about how great it is. So, yeah, uh, a much a sorely needed good showcase for them. Um, yeah. It's funny that we're, we're like I'm saying that because I felt like last year's summer showcase like unanimously was praised. Yeah. Um, of course, they show Blade, OD, and Senua Saga at the game awards along with the partnership that they have with Atlas to promote a metaphor. Yeah. I mean, we went over that list that was in the works on Xbox casuals last or last week, right? One of the weeks. Yeah. We did it on our our first episode back from the break. Yeah. And so we kind of ran through all the games that Xbox has announced or this is, this is the damn breaking. Yeah. Because every, everything that they talked about, we, we know about seven games this year that they're putting Mm -hmm. out. In addition yeah. to the four that were shown today, we know that Flight Sim is also happening, Towerborn is happening, and obviously Call of Duty is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, we suspect that one, maybe two more games are coming out. 
Mm-hmm. That is a also really the, tight window to shove like eight games into. Also, the Diablo expansion. The Diab- Diablo, WoW, and ESO are all getting expansions in that six month time frame too. Yeah, good. Look, good. It's about. <laughs> it's a look. It's about fucking time. Ex- yeah, you and I have been Xbox fans for a long time. It's about yeah. fucking time. <laughs> you're also gonna get. You're also gonna get the uh, the partnership that's bringing Stalker Two out. Um, that's coming out in September. It's it's going to be a really good year for for them. I think like this this is this is the time. Like I would say, if you if you're a console gamer, this is probably the time to consider picking up a Series S at the bare minimum. Um, although at this point, I can't in good faith recommend a Series S. Yeah, just um, just, just go get us. Just wait for the Series X to go on sale again. Yeah, um, get a Series X. It's time. The games are coming. If you're interested in a diverse library, I think these games all look really cool. Uh, Obviously, they've got other stuff like Fable, South of Midnight, Clockwork Revolution coming out next year. Gear 6 is on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just a smorgasbord of other things. Outer Worlds mm-hmm. 2, Perfect Dark is still coming at some point. Everwild may, may still be coming at some point. And I think that there's enough games now, like smaller games, that you could pick it up now and like start enjoying those as like an appetizer. Because then it's just going to be bang, 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 bang. Like it's just it's gonna pick up and hey if you have a PC cool all these games are on PC day one yeah or hand- every or Xbox game comes straight to comes straight to Steam so yeah I'm ex- I'm excited man but uh, you know what else I'm excited for Corey what are you excited for Josh I'm excited to talk some Destiny tonight you are I am I'm excited about Destiny I'm not gonna sit here and uh, co- I got all my complaining out of my system last week. I'm pretty excited uh, about some of the stuff this week. Not not a whole lot to really discuss, but uh, we're we're gonna touch on a few things. Really, it's like they kind of like teased a bunch of stuff for next uh, for next week, uh, which caused me to uh, kind of revamp my plans on the fly today, Corey. Ooh! So we open up the Twab. The Twab. And they go. The season story isn't done yet. Then there's more content coming to Season of the Wish sooner than you might think. The Ahamkara always keep some aces up their sleeves. Starting on January 30th, Riven's Wishes will provide new weekly pursuits that players can complete to redeem a prize of their choosing from a pool of rewards each week for six straight weeks. That very same day will also kick off Moments of Triumph 2023, which will offer both in-game and physical Bungie rewards, as well as 30 challenges to honor the last year of achievements. We'll share more information on both of these in next week's TWAB. Ooh, yeah. So it's kind that's of, a teaser for next week, but I'm really excited to see what these wishes are, and I, I want to see what the rewards are because the way that this is phrased, it, I hope it's not just oh, here's a free red border, right? I need this to be something substantial. Yeah, I'm a little worried that that may be close to what that might be. I will almost guarantee you that's what it is. But I'd really love, like, if we're gonna get, if we're just gonna like speculate for a moment, uh, journey with me here for a moment, Corey. I'm on the journey. I'm already in the boat. Let's I would go. love for it to be some some stuff that was maybe sunset, um, like cosmetics or I, I think I think it can only be cosmetics or red borders. By the way, I don't think you can give anything of like consequence here. Um. I do think it's going to be six straight rewards, though. Like, you're going to end up with all six eventually. They're just going to be choose the order that you get them in. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love for this to be stuff that was tied to sunset activities, like maybe some of the raid. I know we got a lot of the raid cosmetics, and I don't know. 
maybe something like that. Maybe a chance to earn like the uh, like the callous chair emote, for example, that uh, so many of us got and loved. I know they gave a big opportunity to earn it back during uh, the lead up to uh, Beyond Light, but uh, I think it would be interesting to do something like that. I don't know if it's going to be brand new rewards or not. Um, unfortunately, it does feel like Red Borders is probably the answer. And that's, if that's all it is, that <clears throat> that's going to get me to like disengage with this pretty quickly. Yeah. But if it's for actual cool rewards, I'm going to, I'm going to log on and I'm going to hit the first one right at reset and see how it is. I'm actually intrigued by what this could be. Less so about the actual quest, more about the rewards. Um, but also I wonder if they're going to make you do the quests like, you only have that week to do the quest or can you just like do them at any point for the rest of the season? Right. Yeah. But obviously only one per week. Mm -hmm. And I hope that's what the answer is. But uh, again, I'm not holding my breath. I really want to see what this is about though, because I think that could be cool. If the story isn't done yet, I'm curious to see what other story beats we're going to get. Yeah. Because the main seasonal storyline is done. Um, maybe wishes have some like, audio messages or some lore books tied to them. I don't know. Um, cool. I, I can't really say anything else until we actually see what it looks like in action. But for right now, I'm going to be cautiously interested. I'm just waiting for this to blow up in my face next week. I thought you were going to say optimistic. And I was like, no, oh, that's not Josh. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for this to blow up in my face next week. <clears throat> something that's not going to blow up, though, Corey. My wallet. Because now you can carry 500,000 Glimmer starting on January what? 30th. Yeah, well, we talked about that they needed that really bad. It's they, they needed that with uh with cores going away, so. Yeah. Interested in that. Um, cool. That needed to happen for a while. The biggest news in this TWAB, though, Corey, the helmet no longer stays on. What? What do you mean, Josh? Before the release of the final shape and an update, you will be able to change your Guardian's look when character customization goes live. To do so, you'll only need to launch Destiny 2 and you'll notice a new option when you hover over a character at the character selection screen. You will be able to modify the appearance of your Guardian anytime without cost or limit to the number of changes. Just take into consideration that while you can change the body type, face, hair, head, and markings, it will not be possible to change from one origin to another, i.e. human, exo, or awoken. That makes sense. Yeah, I thank you. This is right. something that has been begged for by this community for years. Oh, my God, dude. Dude, it's been begged for since it launched. It was like uh, one yes. of the first requested features is like literally oh, since like Destiny one. Oh I yeah, this is finally it's happening. Um, I don't I, I don't really know what else to say. Um, I will say that uh, Liana tweeted about this earlier. Um and basically was like, yeah, we really fought for this, by the way. Yeah. Um, she said, character customization feature is something we pushed hard for. I did several data breakdowns for leadership and teams from all disciplines, fighting the good fight on their end to make this a reality. Proud of the teams, and I don't even mind that this is a PR move. Um, a lot of people pushed for this, and it says, uh, she even follows up and says, I promise you the community team post-layoffs worked really hard for this. As mentioned, the original post teams from all disciplines pushed for the resources to make this happen. It's a dev developer and player win. Uh, this absolutely does 
thing this absolutely does scream like we're breaking the glass in case of emergency right now um i don't even care that i mean th- this whole post is a pr move like this entire job this week is well I mean, they, they are in that situation so uh they are very much in that situation but you know hey while we're at it i'm gonna be like yeah i'll take i'll take that like that, that's something that we've all wanted for a long time um so that's cool um if you want to do that and also I know this has been asked for by uh, some of the people in our very own community. Uh, in a March update, the Synthwave bounty cap will be reset to give everyone even more opportunities to customize their look when the facial features changes go live. We hope being able to customize your characters freely will help you refine or redefine your beloved guardians for years to come. Great. Cool. I, I don't, there shouldn't, there, there shouldn't be a limit at this point, but whatever. Um, you should just be able to do them infinitely. I think it's stupid. Just don't make them count for XP. Just let us do them whenever. Um, all right, Corey. All right, Josh. It's that time of the year where we have to start thinking about Halloween. Yes, in January. Abracadabra a la cool. This is really cool. The theme for this year's Festival of the Lost Armor is good good wizards versus evil wizards. Players will get an email from us in order to vote, or you can use a survey and we will share the results once we have them. Choose wisely. These armor sets are dope. I love it. I love this so much. They're so they're these are these are cool. I'm into it. The only thing I do not like is I can guarantee you that the hunter hat is tied to their cloak. It's the cloak. It's the cloak. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. It bothers me so much. I really wish it was just the helmet. <laughs> but no. I mean, even but the no. look terrible. Obviously, the warlock looks the best. It's always going to look the best when it comes to these things. Um, uh, man, I don't that the evil hunter wizard looks pretty great. I want I just want the ripped up cloak. That's all I want, guys. They all look cool though. I mean, let's be Th- fair. This they is another look- instance though. Like we talked about this in the past. I wish that they would let us pick the winner and you could earn the winner in game and you can just pay for the other one mm-hmm. or let me unlock both styles. Cause I want both of these sets. I think both these sets are really great. Yeah. Yeah. They're awesome. I think these are both really great. I love the attention to detail on uh, each of their belts, especially the warlock belt. I think those are all like just really cool. You can yeah. see like the health, uh, the potions like hanging off of it. Yeah. Uh, these are really cool though. Yeah. Good, good on, good on them for doing a good on them, and it's non bulky Titan armor too. Uh, for Titans, I like kind of lean those evil wizards because uh, the shoulder pads on the on the good wizards look a little too like moments of triumph for me. Sure, a little too like solstice-y, I think with uh, some of the with some of the design on it. But look, man, as long as I'm not like wearing, you know. 1990s football pads. I don't really care what the 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 evil wizards. I I think the evil wizards probably win. I probably would go good wizard though, frankly. Like just overall, I would go good wizard. But Titans, hundred percent evil wizard. Also, the 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 wizard hats are a hundred times cooler than cowboy hats. I'm just saying it. I'm saying it. I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna say it. It's a hot take. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that. Until these come out and see them in person. Nope, I already spoke. I already spoke. I'm not changing my mind. But seriously, though, like this, this is the first armor set I've looked at in quite some time. And I'm like, yeah, I'll pay for that. 
Yeah. I'll, I'll totally buy it. Cause I did not get this last year's festival set. Um, I haven't bought any for an event since we got the dino armor. I don't think. Okay. And this is, yeah, I would, I would, I'm, I'm here. Sign, sign sealed delivered. I'm buying it. Go, go ahead and pre preemptively charge my card. 15 bucks, Bungie. I'm going to buy these. I think it's really cool. Either, like, either again, either way, I think like I, I think both sets for once, both sets look really good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, do, 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 do. Of course, a reminder about the exotic bow, star-crossed exotic mission. They are, of course, reminding us the final unlockable perk and catalyst is officially in the game now you can go do all of them so if you're like me and you've been stacking them up waiting for them to all be there we can now safely go do all of the exotic quests at one time great i'm very excited for that uh wish keeper is the first ever exotic strand bow and has unique functionalities of course you guys already know about that you guys can take a look at it um the uh the special hit fire arrow does work against unstoppable champions in case you were wondering it's a very rad, very rad bow. You can watch a video about it in here. Uh, <laughs> and I'm very ready for uh, for this bungee reward here. I really like it. The Riven of a Thousand's Voices plushie. This thing is so fucking goofy. I have to have it. Jesus. This is absolutely ridiculous. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to like put it back there holding the Gallarhorn. Like just like wrap it around the Gallarhorn tube. Yeah, have it hanging out in the the back of the back of my uh, of my recordings. That's just so people ask me what on earth is that? Oh, that's Riven. Also, my cat's name is Riven. <laughs> Spelled almost the same way. Wow. Completely unrelated. He he was born long before this game came out. So he's named after a Mist game. Ooh. Yeah, Mist had a, an expansion called Riven a long time ago. And, I remember uh, that. My girlfriend always read it as Riven, hmm. so uh, she named her cat Riven. Hmm. Love that little guy, absolutely love him. Cat. I got this wonderful. I got. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna show this because we got time to do it. She got me a wonderful picture of him for Christmas that made me tear up and cry. She got him painted as a Disney character. What? Yes, that's cool. They, the artist on Etsy got him exactly right down to his little, his little black speck that he has in his ear and the exact white whiskers that he has on one side of his face. Hmm. So I got it. I cried. It was, it was a wonderful Christmas. So yeah, I uh, got to figure out somewhere to put that. Uh, do, 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 do. Game to give is back for Bungie. That's, of course, Bungie, uh, Bungie Love's charity initiative that they do every year. They have uh, unvaulted 20 emblems from previous campaigns. Ooh. Uh, and there is a new Universal Constant emblem, which looks really cool. Looks like a Jim Lee comic book. Um, and a cosmic, the Cosmic Tune ship. Um, and then uh, the Bungie store has uh, Game to Give merch for the first time ever. Uh, and the the proceeds all go directly to it. So it's very cool. Bungie Foundation apparently has got some stuff coming up over the next few weeks. Um, I don't know how I feel about spending money on Bungie products right now. I, although I just said I'm definitely going to buy that ribbon plushie. Um, 
I guess we know how you feel about. <laughs> I guess we know how I feel about Bungie right now. Um, but yeah, I uh, I always I always like cha- I like I like charity stuff. I like charity initiatives. Josh, so. you got to look at it. Are you supporting the leadership? or Are you supporting the developer? Uh, I don't think I'm supporting either with these purchases. No, I, I mean, think like, uh, in general. I mean, I think that some of this is going to the Bungie Foundation, which helps put gaming consoles in children's hospitals and iPads. Yeah, kids play games. That's what I think I'm supporting here with my purchases from BungieStore.com. I don't know if that's actually the site. Please don't click on that in case it like sends you to like porn or something. BungieStore.com. Yes, I think it is. Oh yeah, it is. No, it's real. We're good. We're good. I didn't know if it was bun- BungieStore.net or something. Don't click on that then. Uh, or do if that's what you're into. There's new Prime rewards. Um, they, these kind of suck, but okay. Um, and yeah, yeah, they're that's, usually mediocre at best. It's a very short uh, twab for the first one back. Uh, at the end, they say that was the end of the first twid of 2024. We're calling it the twab. We're never calling it the twid. Uh, there's more coming in the next few weeks and even more in the following months. So we will uh, we'll see. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm curious to see next week. Um, it's like I know we're kind of like punting it down the line, but uh, moments of triumph is always a decent time. I won't say a fun time. I'll say a decent time. Um, and so I want to see how that is. And I'm just so curious about these wishes. Like, I just they're, they're almost certainly going to disappoint me. But just how much is the question? How how disappointed on a scale of one to ten do we think that Josh is going to be? Right in the tower casuals at gmail.com. And let us know because the odds are very high that I'm going to be very disappointed. Josh expects a lot. I really don't. I know. <laughs> I really don't expect much. I know. Um, man, I. Oh my gosh, dude! I'm sorry. I just opened. I just opened Twitter, and there, the first thing was uh, the Bethesda account tweeting out the Indiana Jones trailer, and I just got sucked in again. Oh, you got very excited. Yeah, it's him stuck in the sand. Oh my gosh. Oh, and this, boy. this shot of him looks just just like Harrison Ford. Oh my god. Anyways, continue. I'm sorry. Oh. No, I just I I mean, I feel like we're like I feel like things are kind of being kicked down the road right now. Um and I know they had always said it was gonna start in um it was always gonna start in February, um, for wishes. Like for for the like the last month we've known that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't help but think that like, well, if that was going to happen, maybe you should have like taken a week or two off from the story over the break and had that just like lead into wishes rather yeah. than having this awkward two week gap. Yeah. Also, it's just like kind of weird because like Riven, if you finish the seasonal story, like doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. She can't be conjured anymore. So I'm confused. I, I I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how this is gonna play out. Um it's an MMO, anything can happen, right? Um sure. there doesn't have to be like a logical reason and just be like, oh yeah, well you're technically doing all this before Crow jumps through. Um or if it's after, I'm sure there's some timey wimey reason that this can happen. Um I just I guess we shouldn't expect too much from this or from Into the Light, and we we've preached this so many times now over the last couple episodes. Because we just, we don't know what they can do with the obviously already limited resources they had. And then they went and fired a hundred something people. So 
who knows how this is going to turn yeah. out. But uh, I think it's pretty safe to say, like, I, I feel like a lot of us have like, we're starting our exodus now that the story now that the story is over. Like, oh, well, we're going to bounce for at least a few weeks. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of really good games coming out in February. Yeah, there's already been a few in January. Prince of Persia's out. Another uh, another code recollection comes out tomorrow. Uh, Infinite Wealth comes out next week. Tekken Eight comes out next week, and then just February is an absolute onslaught. March yeah. has got some big stuff like highlighted by a little game called Final Fantasy Rebirth. And Persona 3 Reload are bookending the month. That is just wild to think through. I, I retweeted an account earlier that was like, uh, people like fr- gamers are going to be frantically trying to get through Persona because that's like an 80 hour game before Final Fantasy 7 comes out. <laughs> Which is another like 70 hour game. Yeah. Yikes. Oh man, yikes and in- yikes indeed and there's no final shape to be thrown into the middle of all of this. So it remains yeah. to be seen uh how, how anything is going to play out, uh how it is is anybody's guess. I-, I would like some more story and some more lore to get put in. I'm not saying like oh you need to give us another cutscene, but like yeah, maybe a lore book or two like would be kind of cool to tie to wishes and like into the light. Um I'd love to hear some more about like Elsie's travels, like besides just the dark timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, what are some other things that she observed? Like, what what were the things she observed over repeated journeys through that led her to us? Uh, would be really cool to see play out. Um, but we've got some food for thought in our questions tonight, Corey. Ooh. I want to I want to skip ahead to I want to skip ahead to questions. Are they sandwich casuals. By the way, Josh. By the way. Oh, we're getting close. We're getting close. 16 days. 16 days. 16 big ones. Um, Delicious. He doesn't know it yet. He's already agreed. But uh, Joasis is going to join us uh, next week as long as he's available. Yeah. Um, I talked to him earlier this week. He's going to join us next week to come talk about bows. Me and him are going to sit down. We're going to talk bows. Um, I want to get his take on... Uh, Tyranny of Heaven, his take on uh, some of these exotic bows. Why is Wishender so good these days? And uh, why is Wish Keeper just as good? Um, we're going to finally get to that topic that was requested a couple months ago. We we were like, we're about to hit a real slow patch. So uh, we're going to get him in here for this. And then I'm going to talk to uh, A1 Johnny about uh, joining me while you are out of town, Corey, to talk the weapons suite for this season. Nice. Um, I think there's been some really good, uh, some really good options to go pick up. We've now had plenty of time with them to find our ideal roles and find what we like and don't like about them <laughs> respectfully. <clears throat> uh, talk about some of the new perks that are on the weapons this season and uh, just kind of go from there. Like what, what by then, you know, we'll, we'll be into a couple weeks of wishes also. So we yeah. can talk about those uh, just kind of as a preview for what's coming up. But uh, here we go. We, uh, we had a couple questions this week, and the first one is from Zhao. And this is why I want to jump to it, because Zhao has a really good question here that I think is worth talking about. With this week's discovery of the room the Vex portal takes you to at the end of the exotic mission, are there any theories on that? And I wanna I wanna I wanted to start with this because there is there was a special room that was found yeah, before this. this went live. Yeah. You could I clip through this. to it. Yeah, I saw this uh I think Paul Tassi was talking about it with someone online so i believe so that is so that is the ishtar collective symbol first off Mm -hmm. 
Um, I do think that this is setting, I think that a lot of the stuff with the Vex this season is clearly setting up for Echoes mm-hmm. um, and maybe taking us into our next arc. Um, this, I think, also probably ties back to the Veil Containment missions that talk about the lore around Maya Sunderish, um, that she is lost somewhere in the Vex network. Um, Sun 12 may finally get talked about. Maybe. Maya Sunderish. I'm very interested to see if she is coexisting with Asher somewhere in the Vex network. That would be really cool. It would bring the Ishtar Collective back in. One of the one of the great mysteries of the Destiny franchise that we really don't know too much about. Um, that I'd be really interested in. The Veil Containment missions talk largely about uh her how her lover just pieced out from Niamuna after that. Yeah. Um after she was lost to it. I I would like that. I'd like I, I don't know, like, I'd like a little bit of resolution on that, but also I think that she could be a really cool character if she does exist within the Vex network, be a really cool character to help kind of guide us in Echoes, and maybe we've theorized in uh, future expansions with uh, the idea that the Vex are kind of the next great mystery to tackle in-game. Yeah. Uh, we, we know how Bungie really likes to lay the seeds a couple seasons in advance. Um, this feels like it's setting up for that first episode. Uh, this, and I think, uh, also the Avalon mission with Asher this season, I think are both doing some of that leg work, uh, maybe even some of the Mithrax plot points, you know, with him being a splicer may come back into play. Yeah. That would be real. I think that would be a really cool approach. Um, it's pretty clear the Vex were very interested in getting to, uh, Ribbon's eggs and into the Dreaming City. Um, they are, it's always been said that they've never been able in a simulation to recreate like the traveler's effects. Hmm. um they've never been able to account for um for the traveler or for like paracausality essentially um so i'm interested to see where we go with that are we going to get like real fucking sci-fi with this like are we going to get like mass effect level sci-fi or is it just going to be like continue to be like boilerplate um but the vex have been a mystery ever since this came out i mean we forget i think we forget sometimes that the vex worship we're on the black garden the vex are worshiping the black ooze yeah and then on top of that, you know, you fight the Undying Mind for the first time in that strike. We had the Vault of Glass, and then it's just like we kind of didn't deal with the Vex for a very long time after that. The Gate Lord is one of the first super recognizable bosses in this franchise. Yeah. Atheon was one of the faces of raids for years. Arguably still is. People Arguably still, still is. So I'm interested to see where that goes. We know we fucked with the Vex a few years back when uh, we built the portal and killed the Undying Mind in every single reality. Whatever came of that, we basically haven't dealt with the Vex since. <laughs> yeah, We've had a couple like... seasons here and there, like we, ha- we had Splicer, I guess. But uh, we haven't really dealt with them hardcore since Undying. Yeah. I struggle to think of a time, like, they, they kind of like haphazardly threw them into Niamuna, but... You know, cool. We went into the Vex network there. Yay. Also felt like it was setting up for something. Everything's taken. Yay. We defeated Quoria, which ended up being a big load of nothing. Yeah. So, which was a taken Vex mine. And I I think we still still have to address the taken Vex at some point. Man. There, there's just, there's a lot. There's, There's a, a lot, lot of there. plot with the Vex that just seems to have been ignored. That seems pretty important. This feels like the uh, the the um, 
the meme, the RPG meme where like the world is dying and we need your help urgently, but let's go, you know, do all these side quests first. <laughs> right. That, that That's kind of how it feels in the lead up now to um, the final shape. It's like, oh, Crow's, Crow jumped through the portal and he's by himself over there. Well, let's take six months dragging our fucking feet. Right. For something that was clearly supposed to happen over like a two week span. Right. So they should have just, just saved that for the end. Like they should have, but I mean, they would have had the same criticism. Oh, we ha- we have this quest in our inventories for like seven months without doing anything. That was the problem with the Sabathun exorcism during the six month season leading up to Witch Queen. And I think like, and on one hand, I'm glad that we got it out of the way because if they really do have more story and I'm putting that in quotations because I don't actually believe them that there's more story. Uh if there if there is great, I'm not counting on there being story though, yeah. because it's it's very clear at this point that what we got, like yes they needed I guess they needed to like break it up because this would have been really awkward if like Lightfall this and Final Shape were all crammed into one mega expansion, but god damn I feel like <laughs> Defiance and Wish could have been an email deep probably could have been like which is about the only one that i would argue like needed to be its own thing and even that arguably could have waited until after the final shape right miss me with fucking savathuna the wish on her wings that is the dumbest bullshit i've ever seen Mm -hmm. i swear to god I swear to God, there's my guardian definitely did not notice that. I promise you. If there's any plot thread that deserves six months of gap, it's that one. <laughs> it should have taken us months to figure this shit out. How did we even think to look? Did we like, I don't know, snort some coke before we inspected her body? Like Jesus. Also, side tangent. We the- can't take pictures. All those ships just hovering above the tower, right? How are they still up there? Like, what kind uh, of gas, what kind of fuel are they using? I mean, I'm not really super gas concerned about that. That's like the least of my questions right now about look, what's going all, on. Look, all I'm saying is gas is expensive, and they've been floating up there for almost a year. Let's. Why did we plant a random tree in the tower? Because Cade died, and now he's not. Cade died. died five years ago. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Uh, Zhao asks a second question. I know you recently discussed some of your favorite movies you've seen, but what are, what are, uh, some movies coming out this year you're looking forward to? Oh God. Deadpool three. Let's oh, go. God, that is happening. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. We got, oh, we got the, the Fox X-Men rumored to be m- murdered or something. I don't God, know. I hope so. Hugh Jackman coming back so. as Wolverine and f- can finally wear his fucking yellow suit that looks terrible. I'm so annoyed. I'm so annoyed that Hugh Jackman is back. By the way, my man has had suit... like four send offs. Yeah, I know. By the way, that suit he's wearing looks terrible. I know everybody's excited for the wo- the yellow, yellow suit, wo- the yellow Wolverine suit, but the suit I think it looks, looks terrible. Fine. I think it looks fine. It looks baggy. Like he's fucking Wolverine. Paint that shit on. I don't know. I'm I'm sure it will look better in post. I'm sure, but still, you know what I mean. It's just like oh. uh, I mean, I want to see Madam Web, but not for the plot. Oh, well, nobody wants to see that for the plot. Um, 
That seems like a good after dark topic. You should come on, Josh. Um, oh yeah, hey, I'll I might do that. In, in all seriousness, though, Doom Dune Part Two is six weeks away, and I don't know if I've ever been so excited to see a book get adapted to the big screen. Hmm. Dune Part One was incredible. I am buying opening night IMAX tickets for this, and I'm very excited. Oh no, I can't! It comes out on a Thursday. I forgot. God damn it! Well, we'll All right. Well, I'm buying opening morning tickets to see this in IMAX. Then, yeah, I'm seeing this at 10 a.m. on a Friday. I don't even care. That's fine. That's gonna be great. I'm I'm genuinely very excited. Uh, I love 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 Dune. That uh, I just <laughs> that hate that I'm gonna have to wait like six years to get Dune Messiah. That's fair. That Argyle movie looks kind of fun. I don't even know what that is. It's that uh, it has Henry Cavill and Dua Lipa in it, and it's uh, Bryce oh. Dallas Howard is, an, is a writer. It's kind of like that Will Ferrell movie where he like wrote everything that was going to happen or whatever. But this is Stranger like a spy fiction. Novel. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But this it's she's a spy novel writer. Oh, and so it's not like Stranger Than Fiction at all, which was a deadly yeah, serious saying, movie. No, I'm I'm saying it's a a similar concept where she got you, writing got you. everything that's happening. Not they're not the same movie at by any means. This is like a action comedy. It looks like that looks uh, cool. Furiosa is coming out. That's gonna be rad as hell. Yeah, isn't uh, Anya Taylor Joy playing Furiosa? Anya Taylor Joy is playing Furiosa, and Chris Hemsworth is in this movie. Yeah, very excited about. I believe Chris Hemsworth is one of the villains. Yeah, uh, he's which like is the, really really cool. Isn't he like the uh, apprentice of the main? Dude, I believe he is the uh, apprentice of uh, the apprentice or the rival of a Morton Joe mm. from uh, Fury Road, who is also in this, by the way. Yeah. Don't forget um, uh, Kung Fu Panda 4, Josh, and <laughs> and the Ubisoft hit Rayman's big movie. OK, I'll actually probably I'll actually probably watch the Rayman thing. <laughs> Sleeping. Uh, are you excited for Eli Roth's Borderlands, Corey? I have zero interest. Listen to this fucking cast. I, I want to know how they got this cast. This cast had to have been blackmailed. Well, Kate Blanchett, like three years ago, when all these names were like the biggest thing ever. I mean, Kate Blanchett is always going to be a big name. Yeah. Kevin Hart, Jack Black, Gina Gershon, Edgar Ramirez, and Jamie Lee Curtis. What What are we doing here, people? What are we doing here? Sounds like somebody wrote a Jumanji sequel and couldn't get The Rock. So they're Kate like, Blanchett is Lilith. That's actually like kind of great. Yeah, I like low key. I re I really like that casting, and I can't believe I'm going to say that. Gina Gershon is Mad Moxie. I don't even know who that is. Gina Gershon. Uh, she's been around forever. Gina. How do you spell it? Gershon. There it is. Okay. She's she's been around for a very long time. Oh, I know who that is. Okay. Yes. She was in Brooklyn Nine-Nine in one of the episodes as, like, the bad cop. I love that that is what you know her from. That's that it. is genuine. That, that well, is one of my favorite things. I think you... I, I'm not laughing enough to, like, convey this. That is one of my favorite things you've ever said. That's what I know Gina Gershon from, is being the bad guy <laughs> on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Well, we're watching, we're watching the show all the way through, and uh, we just watched that episode, like, a week ago. So oh my lord, I can't, I, I, just, I can't, I can't, I can't do this right now. I saw, we watched an episode of psych the other day and she was in it and it really threw me off. Jeez. 
I was like, God damn. I'd have this conversation with my girlfriend, too, about who Gina Gershon was. Uh, Alien Romulus could be okay? Question mark? Craven the Hunter, Josh. I know you're excited. Craven the Hunter's going to be dog shit. Be absolute dog shit. Uh, Transformers 1 is scheduled. Uh, Transformers 1 better be good. That's a great voice cast. Chris Hemsworth is Optimus Prime. Why? Because this is an animated movie. Oh, it's animated? Okay. It's animated and uh, Peter Cullen has retired from the role of Optimus Prime. Oh yeah, I forgot that. But this is from the director of Toy Story 4. Great. Can't wait. So yeah, Chris Hemsworth, Brian Tyree Henry, Scarlett Johansson, John Hamm. John Hamm is in this. Yeah. Keegan-Michael Key is in it. Keegan-Michael Key is Bumblebee. Is he? Yeah. Of course. She's just going to do the Toad voice, I feel like, from Mario, the Mario movie. Okay. That's it's gonna be interesting. Lawrence Fishburne is uh a Sentinel Prime. Oh god. Or should we John Hamm is Sentinel Prime? John Hamm is Sentinel Prime. John Hamm is Sentinel Prime? Yeah, this is this is uh, this is also canon to the Michael Bay movies, by the way. Oh my god, what the fuck is happening? This is how uh, Optimus and Megatron became enemies. What the fuck is happening? Oh dude, I'm here for it. I love a good movie based off of a toy line. Sonic the Hedgehog three comes out in December, Josh. On the same day as Mufasa, the prequel uh, to well, the Lion I'm seeing King. one of those, and it's not Mufasa. Uh, Gladiator 2? Corey, have you ever seen Gladiator? I, I've i seen Gladiator one time. I'm so proud of you. You Everybody, listen, give it up for Corey. Corey saw a movie that I named that was not a children's movie. It's true. It's true. Josh, name another movie. See if I've seen it. See if I can get two in a row. I probably can't. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Uh, the, the animated Lord of the Rings movie is coming out. War of the Rohirrim. What? I'm here for that. War There's the more fucking Lord of the Rings movies? Yes, this is the story of Helm's Deep, which oh is God, actually going to be really dope. Because they make money and they're good, Corey. Fuck off. <laughs> Some of us want these, okay? Some of us fell asleep <laughs> in the Fellowship of the Ring three separate times. Some of us fell asleep in the greatest movie ever made then. (laughs) Fellowship of the Ring. Get get your Harry Potter bullshit out of here. Fellowship of the Ring is an all-time classic. (sighs) I'm not kidding when I say like Fellowship is probably like one of the five or six greatest movies I've ever seen. I probably could recite most of that movie from memory for you. Oh, God. Should I I try to watch it? Yes. I try to set aside three nights in a row to try to watch it? (laughs) Yes. Because that's how long it takes. Just watch the long. standard one. You don't need to watch the extended version. Is great, but that's after you, that's for after you're indoctrinated. You should you should try to watch Fellowship again. Okay, it is the greatest fantasy epic of all time for a reason. Okay, I believe you. Anyways, the War of the Rohirrim, set 260 years before the events of the Fellowship of the Ring, tells the story of Helm Hammerhead, the legendary king of oh Rohan. My God, what the fuck is that must- name? Watch, watch the two towers, you uncultured swine! It's Bri- Brian Cox is voicing the king. This is going to be great. I love it. It might be one of the last things we ever get Brian Cox thinks. He's a million years old. No, he'll just voice more video game trailer trailers, updating you on fighting game stories. Nobody. Oh cares. my god! Listen, if he ever, if I saw a tweet that said that if he ever narrated uh, the complete history of the Metal Gear Solid franchise, it would be the first ever YouTube video to win an Emmy award. Maybe, probably. And I was like, now I just want, now I need that. I need him and Kojima to just like team up and do that. Oh, man. 
If Brian Cox voiced the main character in Death Stranding, I would be ten times more interested in it. I mean, sure. Could we get him to replace Norman Reedus in Death Stranding 3? I'm what just assuming just, that there's going to be a third no, one. What if he's just Norman Reedus' dad in the third I one? I would be very upset. Um, <laughs> Tiger Jesus writes in, with the other question I really want to take some time on tonight, what post-Activision season of Destiny would have made a good Curse of Osiris or Warmind level DLC? Oh, God. I would say anything from the Witch Queen seasonals content. Um... I'm I'm actually going to go in a different direction with this one. I'm going to say uh, at least two of the seasons during Beyond Light. Because that's when we got Chosen and Splicer. I think both of those would have been great candidates. Because they would have been focusing on enemies we hadn't seen for quite a while. The Splicer Vex would have been the, a good one. Uh, I mean, Chosen. Like, think the whole expansion. Like, you're fighting against Kaido and then you get her to join the war cause. That would have yeah. been great. Yeah. We already got a strike out of it. They introduced Battlegrounds. Like Chosen that could have been a really rad expa- a really rad mini expansion, I think. Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah. And you probably could have tied in like the Crow stuff at that point too. Mm-hmm. Um because of course that's when, you know, Crow's identity is revealed also yeah. to you had the moment with him saving Zavala like, oh my god, god. you could have probably tied in the Almighty to it. You could have done a lot of things there. Man, that moment was so powerful. When, That's when, one of the greatest moments in the franchise. When Crow's mask falls off and Zaval just helps him up without blinking an eye. I want oh. I, I, I want to do that as a topic as we get closer to the final shape. I wanna I want us to rank the uh, the top ten moments from the franchise. Maybe I'll maybe we'll get uh maybe we can get nerd in here for that one. Yeah. Um, and the three of us sit down in the weeks leading up to uh, the final shape and we rank our top ten moments. Yeah. I I said I wanted to do some rankings. And by God, we're going to do it. We're going to do some rankings. I'm going to come up with some lists and we're going to start doing them. We're going to do them starting next week with Joe. Because uh, as you can clearly see, we need things to talk about. Um, I would fight for Chosen Splicer. I think Witch would have made a really good one. Um, T- Titan Class put that in there also. He's like Witch, Chosen, and maybe Seraph uh, in his opinion. Um, but yeah, I think Chosen Splicer... Um, the only one I would have taken from last year from, uh, Witch Queen Seasons actually would have been Haunted. Because I think you would have had a golden opportunity to bring back the Leviathan raids then at that point. You would have had no excuse not to do it. Yeah. And make the Leviathan, like, make the entire Leviathan an explorable Haunted Zone would have been really cool. Um, and I think that's, that obviously had more than enough story content to be... Oh, a, yeah. uh, a full-fledged season that combined with duality it had 12 weapons in it that were craftable you, you definitely could have made us you definitely could have made an expansion out of that a war yeah. mind leveled one i want to be really clear with what we're saying here like we're yeah. talking like war mind house of wolves level yeah uh, i think that one would have been excellent last year seraph i hesitate to say because we got that with war mind we got an Anna and Rasputin storyline already in an expansion. Yeah. At that point, they would have needed to be part of a major expansion and not a mini one, in my opinion. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. I still think it's really bogus that, we, again, we just talked about powerful moments. One of the most powerful moments in the series is in there, and there's no way to watch it in game. Yeah. That annoying. fucking horse shit. It's annoying. Absolute horse shit. 
Um, I don't think anything else. I mean, nothing from, from you. Prop. I I will say, season of dawn. When you go back in time to save Saint, would have been an awesome premise for an expansion. Yeah, they they could have done it like that. Would have been really cool. Like all you needed was like five missions. Yeah, but like we already and we already got three actual story missions out of that. Yeah, add a couple more, throw in a strike or two or a dungeon, and there you go. Yeah, uh, I hesitate to say Arrivals because I think Arrivals worked really, really good as a season. Mm-hmm. Even if it tells a good story, I don't know if there was enough substance there to warrant a full expansion because it's basically just like evacuations. Yeah, um, I get would have gotten really stale, but. Yeah, Dawn, I, I would say Dawn, if I only had to pick three, Dawn, Chosen, Haunted would probably be my choices. Which, I, I would argue for which, but we would have had to kill Zivu Arath at the end. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make, or kill Sabathun once and for all. Like, that's the only way I would have accepted which. What, what do you think, Corey? Yeah. No, I agree. You, you can make a case. I think you can make a case for Splicer, especially because that's like really think, when we got Mithrax fleshed out. I think Splicer actually probably makes the most sense out of everything that we that you've talked about just now. I I, I, really... I and I I don't I don't disagree with you. My own the only reason I put Chosen higher is Keitel has proved infinitely more important to the storyline that they have told than Mithrax has. Yeah. No, I get it. I understand that. So yeah. I, I do agree though, like Splicer has my favorite aesthetic of any season. Yeah. I I just think you could you could not that they've not that they did this with like the infinite force or anything, but <laughs> you could have provide so many different types of levels and, and, and missions types with just going into like the Vex network and Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think that would have been a really cool experience to do. I think like have like having a raid set in there would have been yeah. really cool. And like maybe like the take the concept of like the Leviathan raid where the encounters change every time, but like you could kind of like mix it up based on like which simulation you're in. So you know? so let me ask you. Let me ask you. And I'm going to pose another question to you. If we were to go back and like eliminate certain seasons, oh god, and only have certain seasons as like say the say that the Curse of Osiris Warmind model was all we had to work with from. Shadow keep onwards. God. What what gets to stay? What gets to stay? Oh my god. I Because gotta... I think from I, I think from that first year, from the Shadow Keep year, which is Undying, Dawn, uh Almighty, and um what do you call it? Uh, arrivals. Yeah. Um... I think the only one you can make the case for to get a full like mini expansion out of is Dawn. Yeah. Nothing of consequence seemingly was lost with Undying or with, um, I, I keep calling it Almighty. I don't remember what the actual worthy? name is. Worthy. Yeah. Nothing or of consequence was really missed. Uh, like, Worthy, all it did was tease, it teased Keitel, but that was just the fourth Horseman quest. You could have easily thrown that into Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's not. Um, like... You could have arrivals. Could have just been the uh, honestly arrivals stuff. Could have just been the opening to be on light at that point. Yeah. Like, what if you just had like a little mini event? Like, you had something that came up in the last month of that being available. Like, hey, you got to go evacuate the planets. Yeah. 
that that could have been a cool concept i think um yeah i mean i get into that i mean i'm just man i i think there's more story there than maybe let on but like you could probably eliminate plunder at some point uh, I mean, well, yeah, plunder, because, I mean, all you did was you, you hunted down the artifacts of Nezirak. You could have woven that into something else. Yeah. I mean, that could have easily been tied to haunted. Yeah. Haunted or, like, you could have done, like, a dungeon where, like, after each encounter you get a ne- uh, artifact of Nezirak and, like, not had so many or... I mean, I know there's, like, a lore reason why yeah. so many, but... I think if you back up and then, like, if you back up and go to Beyond Light... You could have woven Crow's story in with Aramis's, I think. Yeah. If we're talking about, like, the influence of light and dark, and then, like, oh, shit, Aldrin is still alive. That eliminates the need for that. And then, bada-bing, bada-boom, you have, suddenly, um, you have Chosen and Splicer. And at the end of Splicer, it's revealed that, oh, Osiris isn't who he says he is. He's actually Zivu Wrath, and Zivu needs you to, you know, do the exorcism. And... Oh, so we go to do the exorcism as like the final mission yeah. of Splicer instead. And oh, lo and behold, uh, it was all a trick the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it just and it ends with that awesome cutscene of her collapsing and dying in front of the traveler. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. Um you can make a really good case that the only thing that deserves its own expansion after Witch Queen is Haunted for that whole year. Haunted story was really therapeutic. Um, like as much as I like Risen Risen was only a four week story for a reason and it's tied so closely to what's going on in the Witch Queen you could have easily had it running in parallel to it yeah like oh you're trying to fight a war on two fronts you're trying to you're trying to uncover the truth about how Savathun got the light but also Keitel is really fucking pissed at you for just murdering a whole ship of her people yeah without permission so you have that. Uh, we already talked about plunder, and then I mean, Seraph. Seraph is the only thing that's like kind of floating out there for me this year. This year could have been an email outside of which. Yeah. Um. Maybe it would have been you so may... much. It would have been so much cooler if, <laughs> if like, season of the witch, and maybe even like I don't know if you tie that into wish or not. I doubt it. But like season, I think of the you could have probably a... combined deep and wish are deep and witch into and even like elements of defiance you could have like tied all of that into like one expansion i think yeah and then like the lightfall story could have been a season i won't go that far but uh i do think that it's very clear that lightfall didn't have enough story to stand on its own and there wasn't enough seasonal content here but i think if you tried to take the story told in lightfall you try to take the seasonal content and the final shape and cram it all together, it was never going to work. Yeah. And I think a lot of that's because of the setting change. Like, oh, we're on Niamuna and then we're going to the Heart of the Traveler. You have to set up a logical way to get to that point. And so, like, for that, I understand why the seasons exist. But And I like what they attempted this year overall. Mm-hmm. I like what they attempt with Defiance, that we got to see the effect of the war on Earth. I think that's actually a really important perspective to show. But it would have been powerful if we were doing that during Lightfall. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been the thing. If we're trying to do this during Lightfall, oh, we're trying to fight the war on Ninamuna, but oh shit, we've got to defend the Earth too. Like, we've got to be doing both of these things, right? Right. I think that would have helped add some substance to Lightfall. Um... 
we've already, and I mean, deep, like, as much as I enjoyed going back to Titan and seeing Sloane and the Leviathan and stuff, and that finally paid off, that witness cutscene absolutely needed to be part of Lightfall, which we've right. covered ad nauseum. Right. Which definitely stands on its own, and I think that, I think that with some retuning and some changes, Wish could be its own thing, because I think... I think a return to the Dreaming City after all these years would have been really welcomed as a mini expansion. And, oh, we're, we're going to dive into the history of the Ahamkara. Like, maybe we could have gotten some history on the hunts, which we do get in one of the lore books. But what if we could have, like, you know, I don't know, like, realm walked with the uh, the Techians, so to speak, and had some missions where we're back in time with Osiris's sundial or something. Right. And we're actually seeing the Ahamkara hunts play out. What if we got to partake in one at that point as a dungeon? Right. How cool would that have been? Yeah. Like, there, there's so many things you could have done for these mini ones, but ultimately, I think I'm glad that we still got the seasons. Yeah. There's plenty of opportunities that you could have had there, but in a way, as, as stale as seasons have become, it's probably still the best way to tell the story they wanted to. It's just seasons have felt lacking for like the last year now, which being a massive anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our next question tonight from Knox. In your opinion, who is the most punchable Destiny character? Oh God, Shahan. Yeah, come on, Shahan. Come on, guys. What are we? What are we doing? Here? What is this? What question? are we doing here? Come you on. guys know us. It's Shahan. Yeah, it's always going to be Shahan or Hawthorne. Just kick her off the ledge. Nope, nope, not going that far. Just hey, it's Shahan. Just I mean, it's both of them. Just kick her it's off the Shahan. ledge, three hundred style. It's Shahan. Yeah, it's Shahan. Uh, Titan writes in and asks, "What are your Destiny villain rankings?" Oh God, I'm not. We're not going to go through all of these just because, like, that's an exhaustive list. Corey, Corey, give me your top five villains in the franchise. Oh God, dude, I have to say, first of all, I saw I, and like say what you will about Paul Tassie's videos or whatever. And he, he side tangent, he did this video on I think I hate the witness. And he made some really compelling points that I think I don't really care. Wait, about. I mean, the, the witness hasn't been fleshed out enough yet. I agree. Yeah. Um, but in terms of uh, character, in terms of villains, I think I think Savathun is the fucking best at this point. Um, and then, you know, Zivu Wrath is up there, but we haven't seen her or encountered her yet. So, like... Does that even count at this point yet? I mean, it does, but uh, um, let's see. I think uh, Tanix has to be up there because it's funny. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of some of these the some of these raid and dungeon bosses or uh, I mean, that's kind of where i'm at right there i think cal's kind of sucks um uh lightfall did not do callus any favors i'll put it that way before yeah. lightfall i would have had him on my list yeah callus callus kind of sucks um you know i don't really i mean even even like the leviathan raid made him like not likable because it wasn't him he ran away oh i think that was fantastic i i i love like the wizard of oz motif so i think that was great 
Yeah. Sometimes I just think the Wizard of Oz stuff is kind of overplayed in some aspects. Maybe not in games so much, but um, I don't know. I think that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, Aldrin murdering Crow. And then, I mean, I don't know if you rank him as a villain now, but like that was like that moment is up there. Like that whole arc is there, right? Where he kills Cade, everybody's favorite character. And then, you know, yeah. becomes everybody's kind of one of their favorite characters in the world. Uh, becomes like basically the Sherpa for New Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, definitely, I, I, I would say definitely like Aldrin and Crow have like the one of the best story arcs for sure. Yeah. So I would say that's up there for sure. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go the war priest. <laughs> the only, the only, the only one that I like have, the only two I have set in stone is I have Sa Savathun is number one. Yeah. There is zero question. Savathun is number one. Yeah. Uh, number two is Aldrin for me. Yeah. Um, Aldrin's already like an asshole and pretty antagonistic in destiny one. And then, uh, the arc he goes on through the lore and then ultimately, you know, like being, not seduced by the dark side, but being having his mind fucked with by uh, a taken Ahamkara uh, is definitely up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then ultimately the redemption journey that uh, that Crow goes on. So yeah. I, I got to put him I, there. I want to. I want to. I want to just uh, give an honorable mention to Rolk fighting Rolk the first time was cool. Uh, I've got Rolk is Rolk is number three. Yeah. I got Rolk as number three. Rolk is absolutely the most terrifying, strongest villain that we've ever faced. He does not, he only fights you with like a fraction of his true power. When he goes into final stand, that's his real power. Yeah. Um, that is terrifying to think of. Like, and if you read Rolk's entire story, that is, it's mesmerizing. It's one of the best lore dumps they've ever done is Rolk's backstory. That you realize he, he is he's basically the top lieutenant of the witness he was parked on sabathun's throne world specifically to keep her in line he is part of the reason that the hive or even the hive he's served the witness for thirty thousand years at this point at least uh subjugate he killed his entire race yeah like just because he was told to yeah and did it without question like yeah. rolk is rolk is absolutely terrifying yeah. I've got Oryx on the list. Yeah. Uh, Oryx, is, Oryx is probably the most classic Destiny villain. It's so, um, dude, the first time you walk into the chamber and he climbs up the side of the ship and he's just so big. Ugh. Well, that, but uh, the moment that's etched in my mind is when, you know, you when you see the Awoken attack the Dreadnought. Yeah, that too. Um, And also the Regicide mission, when you walk in to fight him in the story mode. Mm-hmm um that's just really cool like you're in this completely dark room and you just see like the taking king symbol like light up in fire essentially mm -hmm. um really cool has probably the best boss theme of anybody yeah um the fifth spot is really hard um i would like i can't in good conscience put nezarak yeah nez was a letdown i'm Fizzled. not putting tanix as a meme God, man, Tanix is the best. Um, I hope he's back. I hope. I hope in the in the witness in the in the witnesses raid that Tanix is like a, a some sort of boss. Stop it! This is based on like your like you know the pale heart is based on you know your travels. Tanix is going to be there at least twice. 
I would put I'd put Gaul at number five. Oh shit! I forgot Gaul exists. I got Gaul at number five. Gaul actually succeeded in stealing the light. Yeah. I and we do not act. We do not defeat Gaul. The Traveler kills Gaul. Yeah, I always forget Gaul exists. <laughs> I gotta put Gaul. I mean, he he took over the Earth. He destroyed the tra- he destroyed the tower. He captured the Traveler. Like my man would have won, except for some Bill Nighy a bullshit speech, and the Traveler basically deciding, "Oh, hey, uh, you're about to die. You're worthy." Yeah. Um, and the first time the Traveler has, I mean, the Traveler spoke to us. So we're the first one the Traveler's ever really spoken to. So. Uh, yeah, I, I gotta put him on there. If we're going into the deep lore, then Dredgenior is definitely, like, Dredgenior probably knocks Gaul off the list. Um, definitely the most evil guardian that's ever lived, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> evil Anna Bray. Shout out, shout out to evil Anna from the, uh, the Dark Future. <laughs> and evil Eris. Yeah. Shout out to them. The real uh, but, but yeah. Um, God, it's there. It's funny. Like you, you have enough to make like a top five or six list if you don't go deep into the lore. And then after that, it's kind of slim pickings. Yeah, it's a little hard. Um, uh, because we kill everybody as soon as we meet them. We don't get a chance for a story. Like every one of these characters had like multi expansions or seasons as a story to like build them up or like things that retroactively happen to make them bigger and better. Except Rolk. Like Rolk is a guy you fight in one raid. But as you find out the history about Rolk, you're like, oh shit, it's a good thing we dealt with this guy now. Yeah. And that we didn't let him, Nezarak, and the Witness all, like, have a powwow inside the Traveler. Jesus I'm almost Christ. certain that we're fighting him again, but... Yeah. Um... Alright, our last two questions come from Jiggly Panda. Jiggly uh, what Panda. are your thoughts on the Glimmer cap increase and character customization change? We already went over that Great. one. Uh, Two what are your up. thoughts on your NFL team seasons? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Gross. Cor- Corey's upset. Corey's upset. Joe, Joe Flacco's magic finally ran out. Yeah. The wacko so did the Flacco. Cleveland defense. Uh, oh, Browns boy. fired all their coaches except for their head coach and their defensive coordinator. So uh, I genuinely love that it was the Texans that beat you guys, though, knowing that they own your pick next year. I know. I think that's really funny, personally. I mean, I'm um, not. Su- I'm not surprised. I mean, they're. They're a decent team. CJ Shroud is such a stud. Yeah. Dude's awesome. And you're paying Deshaun Watson 230 million guaranteed dollars. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit bummed about how our season ended. I think that uh and letting Pete Carroll go also is not sitting well with me. Yeah, Um, that's um It was time. Don't get me wrong, It, it was probably time to do it, but I don't think there's anybody on the market that's better than him. Yeah. But Bill Belichick doesn't count, okay? Like, Bill Belichick well, is the greatest coach of all time. It doesn't matter. I mean, is Bill Belichick now, though? I mean, like, legacy, yes. yes but now? Yes. I mean, probably not now, but I mean, like, if we're looking at what he just did over the last 20 years with the Patriots, absolutely. Well, yeah. He's had a couple shitty seasons, but I mean, he's, like, he's what he's probably, the. I don't know who you put, Vince Lombardi is maybe better? Like, that's it? in the history of the NFL, like, yeah, I mean, I'd still, I'd take, I'd still take a gamble on him. Well, Just don't I let mean, him in control of the draft. I mean, I think there are about four teams that wouldn't hire him if they needed a coach. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, <clears throat> exactly. I, I, lo- I love that the Atlanta Falcons are like, we've completed an interview with Bill Belichick. No, Bill Belichick completed an interview with you. Right. You have completed an interview with Bill Belichick. Yeah. Um, 
I, I just think it's really funny that uh, that the, the Falcons are basically killing themselves to get him, and I don't think it moves the needle at all for a Super Bowl for that team. Yeah, I don't either. Um, Pete, I want to also be clear. Pete did not get fired. Pete chose to walk away when he was presented with the option. He did not get fired. He almost got fired. He walked away. It was an amicable divorce that he did not want. Jesus. Um, but I would, uh, I, I, I understand if, the if the Browns needed a coach, I would hire Pete Carroll. I I mean I, I think a lot of teams would. Um, but he's supposedly going to stay on as an advisor. There's a lot of rumors that he may uh, be special advisor to the University of Washington, also uh, since they're right across the bay from the Seahawks. Yeah, didn't they play there um, for a while while their stadium was being built? I believe so. And his son just got hired as an assistant coach there. So, uh, and he's been photographed inside the facility talking to coaches and players. So uh, I would imagine that he's going to keep his distance at least this year, especially if they bring in a younger coach. Right. um, To let him do his own thing. Um, But he may still consult on like defense and on, I I guarantee you he's going to be in the draft room. Right. This year. They'll ask his opinions. John Schneider's a great drafter. Um, it's just, it's really weird. Like, you know, a coach has passed his, his past his prime. He's 72, 73 years old. It's probably time to hang up the air monarchs and just like chill with your grandkids. But he's one of maybe the top 10 best coaches of all time uh-huh. across like all of American football. Like he's the only, he's one of the only coaches, if not the only coach to ever win a national title and the Super Bowl. Yeah. So yeah, he's two, he has two natties from uh, from USC, and then uh, almost had two Super Bowls, which I'm still upset about. Um, obviously the architect of the greatest defense of the last 15, 20 years. Um, like there's there's really no comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, just man, what what a what a stud of a coach, an even better man. Um, I, I won't. I'm not going to dwell on this too long because I know a lot of people don't like us talking about sports. I cried during his press conference. Uh, the morning it was announced he was being let go. I dropped what I was doing to watch it. Uh, I cried. Pete cried. Uh, I didn't really break down until uh, he he was talking about his favorite moment being a coach, and it was finding his wife in the crowd when they won the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Um, he said when we were there up there on the trophy stage, him finding his wife out, uh, finding his wife in the crowd when he was hoisting the trophy. Um, basically, like, hey, all your sacrifices are like validated now. Um, he apologized to his family for uprooting them and moving them so many times. Cause I think a lot of us forget that he was the Jets head coach uh-huh. before. Yeah. And he went, and then he went back to college cause he didn't do very well. Yep. He went back to college. People thought he would never come back to the NFL becomes one of college's best coaches. I mean, at USC, like, I mean, he's the guy, he's the guy who was responsible for Reggie Bush for God's sake. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, he comes into the league and takes over a team that was nothing. Like the Seahawks were a fucking joke. Yeah, we'd had we'd had Sean Alexander and Hasselbeck. We'd been to a Super Bowl, but we'd never really been like great. We had like four great players in our entire history, and then he comes and just upends everything with a bunch of fifth and sixth round picks. Yeah. Um. So it was it was really cool. Uh. The the thing that really broke me though was um, they put out a video afterwards of when he he walked off the stage and he uh him and Tyler Lockett hugged. And then he walked out into the hallway and Geno Smith was there and him and Geno hugged for like 10, 15 seconds. 
And then as he's walking away down the hallway, he's talking to Gino and he's still smiling and laughing. And Gino Smith looks like a dude who just like had his whole world. He looks like a guy who was just told his parents are getting divorced. Yeah. Um, he looked like a guy who feels like this is his fault, that he wasn't good enough as a quarterback this year. If you watch the Seahawks, you know Geno Smith was not the problem this year was the defense. So, yeah, it's it's probably time to go, but like, how, how do you say goodbye to a guy who's going to get a statue out in front of the stadium in the next couple of years? Right. Like, there's going to be a Pete Carroll statue. Like, he has probably the best cultured locker room in the entire league. Like, his standard is the standard now. Um... And I, I like how they're going about the the coaching search of like, we want a young coach who is going to continue Pete's philosophy. Like Pete is the Seattle Seahawks as far as they're concerned. Um, and that, that's cool. So I hope they get someone good in there. I'm still going to watch them. I watched them when they were a shit ass, you know, seven and nine team year in and year out. Uh, never forget clipboard Jesus getting us to the playoffs at seven and nine clipboard Jesus. charlie whitehurst for those of you who don't know who i'm talking about i remember those days fondly well, okay maybe not fondly but i remember them clipboard jesus i uh, i remember uh, before the danger witch i remember when russell wilson was the third round pick that nobody thought could start in the nfl and then lo and behold here we are in his second year winning a super bowl um yeah so a lot, lot of a lot of mixed emotions i uh I'm turning to basketball for comfort right now, everybody. Basketball. Of course, my team is injured, and LeBron James tackled Kyrie Irving last night, but... Well, you know. Jackson Hayes may or may not have suplexed Grant Williams by grabbing him by his neck and flipping him over. Look, man. And then had surprise Pikachu when he was called for a flagrant one on it. Anyways... That's been my sports moment for the day. I'm very, I'm, I'm going through a lot of things processing the Pete Carroll firing. Exodus firing, whatever you want to call it. There's been mixed reports. It does not sound like it was pretty in that uh, meeting. Yeah. It... But uh, I do love that the thing that took getting uh, Richard Sherman and Russell Wilson back in the same room was Pete Carroll stepping down. Hey, look, man, whatever works, I guess. Russ, Russ got on a plane when he heard the news and flew to Seattle that afternoon. I mean, that was, and, uh, that was, was there with. Move. It was a very classy move for a guy who had a very messy exit and a very public exit and that most of the fan base pretty much hates now. Yeah. Uh, we all had to admit, yeah, that was that was a pretty, even if it was just a PR stunt, which it 100% was, like that's still a classy move to do that. Yeah. Uh, that, show, that does show genuinely a lot of character, I think. And, uh, you know, Sher- Sherman noted to pete like hey the, all it took to get us into a room and talking again and uh get us to be honest with each other was uh was you stepping down uh but seeing all the pictures from that gathering was really cool it was it was a real who's who of like guys that i've watched for the better part of 20 years um all being in the same room it was kind of wild to see like i some of these guys were drafted when i was in my first year of college I am 31 now. Some of these guys were drafted when I was 18. It's wild. So, yeah. And I don't have to root for Deshaun Watson on top of that. Oh, God. that Dude, there's so much drama around him right now. It's great. It's great. Like, he wants, he wants out of here. Which is funny because nobody wants him. I know. 
I mean, nobody. I mean, nobody wanted him when he didn't have any money attached to him. Now he has forty-eight million dollars on the cap next year. Nobody wants that. Browns fucking don't want that. That's that's an NBA number, man. <sighs> man, we haven't. We're stuck with him for three more years, man. All right, Corey, you want to get us year, out of here? The... In the year he leaves, we don't even have a first round pick. I love it. I this is classic Jimmy Haslam. I love it. God damn, dude. Corey, get us out of here before the oh. people get upset that we talked about uh too much. <laughs> hey, football. look, we brought it up because the fans wanted it, okay? It was asked. It was in fact asked. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyways, I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of Tower Casuals. Remember, you can catch this show every Friday, as well as our sister show, Xbox Casuals, every other Tuesday where we will be breaking down the uh, Xbox Direct on this upcoming episode. Josh, very excited. Some sales charts, too. Yeah. Yeah. I've got charts. Xbox uh, broke December records, so great. Yep. Josh, thank you for your time tonight, as always. Where can we find always. you? Uh, Twitter, at Josh underscore Finn. Two N's. Two N's. Still there. Still holding out. Still there. Still there. Uh, you can find me at I am Corey in HD. You can follow us at Tower Casuals uh, on things uh, we post sometimes. Uh, but anyways, join the Discord. Have a good time. Eat a good sandwich. I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye. <laughs>